Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. And I am back in my home studio. Uh, it's been a tender week. Um, typically, I will <laughs> record something, and uh, I listen to all my episodes just to, so that I, part of it is because I don't remember what I talked about sometimes, but um, also uh, I can reference this week what I talked about last week, and I think I remember what I talked about last week. Um, so it's this is a, it's like I said, it's been a, it's been an interesting week. Um, Last week, I, I remember sitting in church last week just thinking about what do I what do I focus my attention on? And uh, as I think about goals, it's now getting towards the end of the year. It's time to start thinking about New Year's resolutions. And if you are a longtime listener, you probably know about the attitude that I've had historically about goals, goal setting. It's one of the things that we uh, in my family heard about on a very regular basis. But one of the tricky things about goals is that I don't think <laughs> I don't think that we're well instructed on how to set goals properly. We have goals, uh, we have smart goals, which I hate that. Um, specifically the attainable, the A in smart, attainable, uh, and the R, realistic. Um, if it's attainable and realistic, then um, why are you setting a goal? Just try a little bit harder and you'll get your attainable, realistic goal. So that's one of the things that I've struggled with. Um, I think in the next week or two, I may I may spend a little bit more time talking about goals. I'm, I'm going through an experience right now where I, I'm rethinking goals. I'm thinking about them differently than I ever have before. That's not what we're talking about today. Um, <laughs> what we're talking about today is tender mercies. Um, I want to talk about tender mercies because I am absolutely convinced that you find what you're looking for. And I have a, um, I'll talk a little bit about my tender mercy experience, but also I am, uh, a, an observer. I'm not necessarily a direct participant, but I'm an, an observer of a difficult situation for, uh, people that I'm close to, and um, on the opposite side of the spectrum, there are people that are finding exactly what they're looking for. Um, they're creating uh, interesting um, stories, and maybe maybe this is what people think about when I talk about uh, tender mercies. When I see that I when I talk about seeing the hand of the Lord, maybe somebody's looking at me saying, "Yeah, you're just making that up." So I'm just going to make it up. I'm just going to tell you what I've been making up lately. So um, last week, first of all, I work at FedEx, and this is our peak season. Christmas is uh, higher volume time, so vacation time off is restricted. doesn't mean that I can't take time off. It just means I can't have approved time off. So if I'm sick, 
then of course I don't have to go in. I do have the option of taking some personal time. So last week, um, I got the message and I'm trying to remember timeline here, but I think it was Monday. Uh, I got the message that my dad had, um, a, well, we're not quite sure what it was, many stroke seizure, something like that. And something wasn't quite right. And he's been on the long, slow decline for five and a half years. He had a stroke five and a half years ago, uh, which paralyzed his right side. He got to the point where he was able to do some things, basic things for himself. He was able to walk with some assistance, uh, with a cane or with, uh, uh, a walker, uh, but never regained the use of his right hand, his right foot really not very functional. And over time, he has been, um, like I said, on the long, slow decline. It's been, it's been difficult to watch because of who I know he is, who I grew up with, who raised me. And this is not the same person. It's the, it's the same, as my brother says, uh, it's the same fleshy tuxedo. It's the same body, but it's not the same mind as we watched him uh, deteriorate with dementia, um, losing his ability to uh, really engage in meaningful conversation. It's been a challenge. So I decided uh, for a variety of reasons, but I decided I was going to take some time. And even with the, the lack of um, quote unquote scheduled vacation time, I decided I'm going to take a minute um, so I think this was on the 4th of December. I'm recording right now on the 14th. So it's 10 days ago. Things, something happened. We're not quite sure what it is. But um, really since the 4th, he was not able to do much of anything. He didn't get out of bed, I don't think. Um, before then, he would, with much assistance, he would get out of bed. He'd go into the uh, the dining room area. He would be able to eat. Sometimes he ate on his own. Sometimes he was fed. Sometimes it was uh, kind of a hybrid. But since I believe the fourth, not much um, happening, he would eat um, applesauce. He'd have some chocolate pudding, which is much better than applesauce (laughs) in my opinion. So around Thursday, Wednesday, actually, I decided I'm going to take some time. I'm going to go out and, and just spend some time. Now, when I go out and visit my parents, I know what kind of interaction I'm going to have with my dad. He will probably remember who I am. He might be able to say my name. Um, conversations are one-sided. And it's, um, like I said, it's kind of a difficult thing to see somebody that you love where they just kind of um, waste away. So I'm not going out for closure necessarily. I'm not going out for him to know that I went out and visited. I'm really going out because... Um, I think that there's value in me spending time with my mom and uh, there I'm there as a support to her. I've got two brothers that live there. They're fantastic support, but having somebody there who can um, (laughs) take the car keys drive so she doesn't have to drive at night, things like that. So I did that. So I got there on Friday morning and uh, he had been, um, I think a week or two before this all went down. Um, he had been um, put on hospice care. Now, hospice care, end of life. So we know where this story is going to go. We know how it's going to end. And so on Friday the 7th, I spend some time with him. He's dozing most of the time. Um, in fact, I saw him, I think, 
a couple of times. Uh, take sips of water. So that's my experience on Friday. And then I go back and I'm spending really with my mom. We're just spending the whole day at the home where, she, where he's living. And mom and I are talking, sometimes talking to dad, sometimes um, just silent. But it's really just presence. We're just, we're there. And and I feel like I wanted to be there um, so my mom didn't have to do this alone. Again, I've got two brothers that live there, but they have lives and families and jobs and responsibilities and things like that. And so it's not something that that I would have expected them to be able to um, rearrange everything to go sit in a, uh, a bedroom <laughs> and spend time with mom and dad. So that's Friday, that's Saturday. Then Sunday, Sunday morning, we get up and um, give dad a blessing. And the blessing was very tender. It was very sweet, very uh, sacred experience where we just were able to connect with um, the spirit. Just, and again, all day, (laughs) I'm just sitting there with mom and we're just, again, talking a little bit to dad. He's dozing most of the time. Uh, getting up, he's getting some some medications on a regular basis. Uh, we've got hospice nurses coming in. Of course, the one question that everybody has, nobody can answer. How long do we have? And so that's Sunday. Monday, we get up and uh, dad's different. He's now, as I look back on this, I can um, see things in a very different perspective than um what I experienced at the moment, but he's awake. He's awake the whole time. He's not talking. He's not, he's not able to communicate with words, but he's awake and his eyes are open, but just barely. Uh, they're just kind of slits at the moment. Um, so again, I'd sit down next to him and I'd talk to him and <laughs> knowing he was going to pass soon. I had some instructions for him. When you see grandma again, just tell her we love her. Tell her we miss her, but tell her that we love her. And uh, his mother passed 20 some years ago. His dad passed, uh, I want to say 18 years before that. So it's been a lot of years since he's been able to interact with his parents. His sister died three years ago. His brother died about that as well. And so I'm just, again, this is a one-sided conversation. But the thing that was really interesting is that that um, he was physically fairly active. He didn't move from the bed, but he was, like I said, he was awake. He was looking around the room and he was reaching. A lot of times, and I've heard this from um, a variety of sources, but a lot of times as somebody is is nearing end of life, they reach. They reach up, they reach out, they point, they sometimes will speak. My dad didn't speak, but he mouthed words. And I don't know what the words were. We were joking that he was telling us who his favorite was. We're pretty sure that was me. But he would reach up and he would point. And sometimes it looked like he was beckoning. He was beckoning somebody. Um, when I would sit, sit down next to him, um, he would reach. Sometimes he would reach past me. He would reach um, beyond where I was. And sometimes he would reach to me. He would put his, uh, his, uh, his left hand was the hand that he was able to, to use. He would grab my hand. Um, it would, and we would just sit and I would talk to him. I would tell him what was going on. I would make some requests <laughs> for when you see grandma and et cetera. And, um, th- he would pull me close. 
sometimes as he would reach, he would pull me close. And as my brother came in and he visited with dad, same thing. He'd reach and he would pull Scott close. And as my mom would stand there and talk to him, he would reach and he would pull her close and he would mouth words. And um, again, we couldn't understand anything. Then Monday afternoon, Monday evening, we leave, we go have um, dinner. It was, it's just been a long, <laughs> long, exhausting week. But um, we get the message, the phone call at about four in the morning, Tuesday morning is when he passed. And I think about my experience with him on Monday and the sacred experience that that was just to sit and just to be there, to be present. Uh, my dad was a private man. He did not like, <laughs> he, he did not like the, the fact that he had to rely on people for, for his total care. Um, it was not surprising to me that he chose a time when he was not surrounded. He, the, the caretaker, the overnight person went in. She said that she put her hand on his cheek to just let him know, I'm going to give you your scheduled medication. And he turned his head and uh, took a deep breath and died. So he went out on his own terms, but when I think about tender mercies, I think about the experience that I had, the blessing, that that sacred experience um, with all of my siblings. I had two that were not present in the room, but we had them virtually. And then my two brothers that were in town, plus my sister. Um, just able to, to feel knowing that this life for my dad was going to end soon, not knowing exactly when, but knowing it was coming to an end. There's only one way out and that's out. Um, and so really identifying that room as a sacred place, just feeling that for the moment. And then that experience on Monday as I was an observer and a participant in him pulling his clothes. I imagine, I don't know, and it doesn't matter. You can, you can believe what you want, but I imagine he was pulling us close so that he can say goodbye. And that's a, a tender experience. That was a sweet, sacred experience. I believe if you look for the sweet, sacred experiences in your life, you'll find them. If you look for the harsh, ugly realities of life, You'll find that too. But why? <laughs> why focus on the harsh ugliness when you can look for, find, and revel in the sweet and the tender, the evidences of God's love? Um, that's all I have for you this week. Not sure what we'll talk about next week, but we'll talk about something. We'll make it good. Thanks for listening. Um, and thanks i have i have no other words thanks for what you uh what you do thanks for the feedback that you offer and um find those tender mercies because they're there thank you for listening to chocolate cake bites please like share subscribe and give us a five-star rating to review we'd love to hear your comments and ideas and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com and before you end the day take a few minutes to consider who do you know who needs chocolate cake <laughs>